Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use the tools to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today is going to be one of those super special programs because it we're going to have so much fun with my guest. Um, you know, I can't wait to really delve into this. And you know what? I can tell already we're going to have to have a part two, you know, because we're not going to cover everything <laughs> that we need to in this hour because my guest is so fascinating and has so much great information. Um, so please join me in welcoming Dr. Betty Uribe to the program. Thank you, Deb. It's great to be here. Right. And I apologize. It's Yuri Bay. Um, yes. So, yes, yes. Um, so before we jump in, though, let me tell folks just a little bit about you. So Dr. Betty Uribe is Executive Vice President of California Bank and Trust and a sought-after dynamic, bilingual, bicultural, international speaker, consultant, coach, and author, a recognized authority on the psychology of leadership, organizational turnarounds and peak performance she has been honored consistently for her for her strategic intellect and humanitarian efforts with a drive for business and a heart for making a difference dr betty shares her passion for values on a global scale she also serves her local community on the boards of private companies educational institutions and nonprofit organizations Dr. Betty's heart for serving others has opened doors as far-reaching as the White House, the Vatican, and beyond. And we're going to talk about a whole lot of stuff, but primarily we want to talk about Dr. Betty's new book, which is called Values, The Secret to Top-Level Performance and Business and Life. So please again join me in welcoming Dr. Betty Uribe to the program. Thank you, Deb, and it's, it's such a pleasure to be here with you today, and having read a little bit about what you do for your community, um, I'm truly honored to bring my book, Hashtag Values, to your group. Well, and you know, it, it is so special because we have so many people, um, as my guests, that have, uh, I, I hesitate to say hardcore tactics, but it, it maybe it is. It's things like, here's how to post on social media. Here's how to write a blog. You know, and, and so those are our skills, maybe is the easier way to say it. But all of that is for nothing if you don't have values and you don't have integrity. And we're talking about, you know, personal and, and professional life, all those various things. And I, I do have to tell you, you know, I'm, I was reading your book, and, and I'm one of those, I start at the very first page, and I go all the way through. I have never read a book that had an introduction from somebody at the Vatican. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, my goodness. I mean, you know, I've, I, they've had introductions and things from, you know, very, very prestigious business people and things like, but the Vatican, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so... But, you know, this, this really is just something that is such a fascinating topic, especially in this day and age where people tend to, shall we say, take shortcuts, compromise their values, um, you know, and, and all of those things that are just so detrimental both to them personally and then to their business and whether they own the business or they're an employee or, you know, all those various things. We forget that if you know if we're not staying true to ourselves, 
it's really going to be for nothing. It really doesn't matter how much money you make or you know any of those things. If you have compromised your values along the way, it's it really just doesn't matter at all. I completely agree. I think um, any leader in any country uh, and really in any type of a leadership position, I was just talking to a group of uh, individuals, associates from the bank yesterday. I was having a meeting with them mm-hmm. and, and, and we were talking about their role. And and I think you don't have to have the title to be a leader. Right. And, and in fact, studies show that people that don't have the title actually are the ones that that produce uh, that 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 really create the impact in the organizations because mm-hmm. they work inside of the organization. You can't do that if your if your actions are not congruent with your values and your your core values and your company's values. Because what happens is, and Stephen Covey talks about that when he talks about the speed in his book, The Speed of Trust. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to build trust. The only way to build trust sustainably Mm -hmm. is to be congruent with your actions. It's your actions that do the talking. And so if you're saying one thing and you're acting in a different way, Deb, then that's where the, the, the room for error, the room for question, and that's where people just start to question their boss, their parent, their uh, brother, their mother, their colleague, their associate, their community leader, Mm -hmm. and then, of course, their government. Right. It's funny, as you as you mentioned the word parent, I remember now I, I had, you know, absolutely wonderful parents. So this is not in any way, you know, but but I remember my friends had parents who would say things like, do as I say, not as I do. Because they were doing things that they didn't want their children to do, but, you know, and, and, and it didn't matter what it was, you know, maybe it was that they might drink a little bit too much or, you know, I'm of the age where, you know, some of my, my friends' parents were, you know, we'll just call them hippies, um, you know, and, and so they, and they would say, you know, hey, don't do this, but they were setting that example and it was such a mixed message to their children. And, it, it, you know, it, it, that's, you know, that's obviously where it starts is at your home. You know, what are those messages and those core values that you are building up there? Absolutely. And I, it, for example, and something, if, you, if you're talking to parents, in the morning, I, I remember when my daughters were still in school and, you know, I was still at work. And I remember, and I always ask this question when I'm speaking to large audiences, you're, you're getting up in the morning, you're on your way to work, you're going to a meeting, you're late for the meeting, and your child comes up and says, Mommy, I really need you. Mm-hmm. And you stop and you look back. That's a defining moment. Right. What do you do at that moment? Because mm-hmm. whatever you do at that moment, that's going to translate into the message you're sending to that child. Right. And we don't know how much we really affect mm-hmm. our children, our employees, our associates, and, and it really transcends through all of the all of your life. That's why in my book I talk I talk about the secret to top level performance in business and in life mm-hmm. because everything you do in life really translates to business. Right. Well, let's take a step back because you have um, a very special um, story with how you were raised and the values that you got. So tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, thank you, Deb. I was born in Bogota, Colombia. 
I my father was an entrepreneur. He had a transportation company. He he had built this transportation company from from zero. He was the oldest of twelve kids, and mm-hmm. he took care of all of the kids when his father passed away. Uh, as as the money came in, my father started drinking too much, and um, he didn't treat my mother too well. Even though he was a millionaire, my mother was really well off. There were four children. I was 12 year, re, years old at the time. And my mother sat us down and said, uh, I can't live like this. I'm moving to the United States. You can stay here or you can come with me. If mm-hmm. you stay here, you will have everything you need, mm-hmm. meaning monetarily. Right. And or you can come to the United States and you can uh, and we will have peace. We all decided to come. I was 12. My little brother was six. Uh, my elders, my older brothers were 14 and 19. And literally in an airplane ride, we became poor. Mm-hmm. We lived at my my Aunt Ruby's house for three months. And I remember she said, I'm going to teach you etiquette because someday you're going to Dine with the President of the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh, little did she know that 14 years later I would be dining with President Bush. Wow. It's an incredible story. But mm-hmm. but but once I, uh, I, I, I had to learn English, and I remember mm-hmm. kids being really mean to me and saying, you're ugly, aren't you? Well, I didn't know what they were saying. Right. And mm-hmm. so I was afraid to miss out, so I would say yes. Mm-hmm. And then everybody would laugh at me. Right. And you know, what we were just talking about really uh, came to fruition with me. I, I had this wall that was built up mm-hmm. and, in, you know, that affected a lot of things in my life. Trust became an issue. Mm-hmm. But but long after that, um, I graduated from college. I got a job as a branch, uh, as a banking individual. I became the, early, the, the youngest branch manager. At the time, I was working at Wells Fargo. And I got my bonus, and it mm-hmm. was a $10,000 bonus at that time. I called my mother. She right. was in a factory. She was working in a factory. She used to get up at 3 in the morning mm-hmm. to go work, and she was on a break. And I said, I want you to go to your boss's office mm-hmm. and tell them that today is your last day. You're never going to work again in your life. <gasps> that was the best day of my life. Right. Mm -hmm. together with the birth of my children. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I got to retire my mother. Mm -hmm. I I continued in my in my career in banking. I was with Wells for 19 years and then got got taken out um, with uh, a recruiter who recruited me to do a turnaround. I did Mm -hmm. a lot of turnarounds inside of the company. And so this one was for West of the for the Western market for another bank Um, Mm -hmm. did that turnaround and and lasted uh, stayed there for about three years. And then um, I went back to my doctorate. Education was really, really important to me. I've got a couple of masters in in a doctorate. And my doctorate in organizational leadership from Pepperdine University, I I decided that I really wanted to study something that was going to be adding to the the body of knowledge first, Mm -hmm. and then second, something that would make an impact. And values being so prominent in my life when my first values-based decision was to leave wealth and to mm-hmm. leave comfort and mm-hmm. to come and really pursue. My mother was uh, loved to go to church. She was a, she, she had a big faith, mm-hmm. uh, not religious, but real spiritual. Mm-hmm. 
And she wanted to pursue going to church, and she Mm -hmm. couldn't. Um, And so the values piece was really important to me. So in my dissertation, I started uh, studying individuals. It was around 2007 Mm -hmm. when the economy started going down. I had just finished, um, or I was in the process of doing this turnaround in this bank. And 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 I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, the people that are falling, the, the news is filled with people and companies that are falling. And the reason they're falling is because they're making decisions that are not congruent with what they say their values are. Mm-hmm. And this was happening all over, Deb. It was happening right. in government, in education, in clergy, in sports, in business. Everywhere we turned, that's what we saw. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, well, my kids are about teenagers right now. They're going to grow up with no role models. Mother Teresa's gone. Mahatma Gandhi's gone. I mean, mm-hmm. all the great role models continued. Either they're gone or they're falling. Right. And I thought there, there have to be some role models. So mm-hmm. I sought out to look for people very high up in different arenas. So I went to generals in the military mm-hmm. from the White House and the Pentagon CEOs uh, of uh, large organizations and and uh, and C-level executives from mm-hmm. financial services. I chose those three pillars because those are the three pillars that rebuild countries, mm-hmm. that rebuild cities, that are right. really in charge of uh, of the fiber of of an economy and building mm-hmm. an economy. And um, I I even got you mentioned the Vatican, Monsignor Giacomo Papalardo. Uh, from the Vatican reports to the Pope. He uh, uh, read the book. I asked him to just read it, and, and would he give me a, a quick endorsement? Mm-hmm. He is in charge of the department in the Vatican that approves sainthood. Like Mother Teresa okay. just became a mm-hmm. saint. Right. Mm-hmm. He had to approve it. Mm-hmm. And when he read it, he said, I'm going to give you a recommendation. He mm-hmm. called it a recommendation. I had to actually get the book, uh, a lot of the book translated to Italian right. so mm-hmm. that he could understand it. Mm-hmm. But when I got his letter of recommendation, and then when I got the forward from the Pentagon, um, it, it was uh, it, it was to me it was surreal, but also it was a confirmation that what I was up to was something big. Mm-hmm. Well, little did I know, I unveiled the book at uh, one of the inauguration galas. And regardless of your political affiliation, if you think about the magnitude of a little twelve-year-old immigrant girl unveiling a book at the inauguration gala of a president of the United States. Wow. And then being able to go into the, a place in the White House where there were meetings going on with congressmen and senators and being able to give the book mm-hmm. and get it and sign the book over to congresspeople, to mm-hmm. senators, mm-hmm. and to people in the government, and then to get offered to be introduced to the president of Bosnia and um, and then to talk to all of these people, I got invited to be at the actual swearing in, which was amazing by some mm-hmm. of my friends in the White House. Mm-hmm. And and then I set out to go to uh, to go to the Vatican as a gratitude trip with the Monsignor. And then from there, I went to Luxembourg and spoke mm-hmm. to a group of people 
14 countries were represented, and I got invited back. So I'm going back in September to visit with the Grand Duke, the royal family, prime Mm -hmm. minister, and their cabinet. So I'm going to have a meeting with all of them and then Mm -hmm. individual meetings with each one of them to talk to the Luxembourgian government about how do you lead with values? How do you Mm -hmm. permeate values? And these are moral values into their country. Mm -hmm. Uh, Later this year, I'm also going to Kenya to meet with the governor who's going to introduce me to the president of Kenya. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I'm speaking at the California Women's Conference on May uh, 11th here in Southern California. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking next week to a youth group. So what I'm finding is... This work is bigger than me, mm-hmm. much bigger than me, because I, I do this not to make a living because what I'm doing is I'm funding through the books, I'm funding scholarships all over the world. My intention is to fund 100 scholarships in each continent by the time I turn 80 years old. Wow. And I'm already done with half the scholarships mm-hmm. in Southern California. The very first day when the book came out on January 17th, Bob Carr, who is highlighted in my book, an incredible uh, individual, he donated a million dollars to put kids through underserved kids through college. Mm -hmm. And we're going to send 54 kids through college in Southern California through Chapman University. The president of Chapman has has worked with us and and it's amazing. So things are happening Mm -hmm. that are much bigger than me. So it's 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 a wonderful way to turn around the social epidemic that we have had around the world mm-hmm. with lack of values and really re-inject values and, and put values back in the fiber of the culture of really around the globe. So mm-hmm. I'm very, very excited and very humbled to be carrying this message. Right. You know, and, and I love that you have done all of this based on your values and integrity. You know, you mentioned meeting with, you know, all these political figures and, and, you know, many times people meet with them because they've made financial contributions or, you know, things that, and, and we're not, you know, not disparaging their character. They, you know, but, but they've done it in other ways and you've done it because of your heart. And, you know, and I think that's something that so many people forget is that, you can do great things and and you've done absolutely fabulous things for somebody else you know their their goals might be much more simpler but still obviously very important to them but again it has to be done from your heart and and as you put it i love your top 10 list you have to lead with your values and you know and and i think that's something that you know whether you're a high school student college student you know 50 year old business person whatever we've got to get back to that um, you know, I'm a big uh, sports fan, in, in particular college sports. But, you know, you talk about, he, you know, how we sometimes idolize people and, they be, and we make them into our heroes, whether they want to be or not. And then they come crashing down because they're human. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, sometimes we also start valuing people that maybe we shouldn't. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I always kind of laugh at the people who think that Kim Kardashian... Uh, you know, you know, some, some people, you know, they're thinking, oh my gosh, isn't that fabulous? And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, and, and, but you know, it's, it, it, we can get back to having our values and, you know, leading with, you know, with, as you put it, you know, have your own voice, you know, all of those various things. And it's not really all that difficult, but it is in many cases, very scary. 
It is uh, because it takes courage, right? right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's a couple of things that you said that I completely identify with. Um, uh, integrity, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and you said, you mentioned I've done it because I lead with my heart. There's something to be said uh, for really being authentic, mm -hmm. for being real, and uh, being comfortable in your own skin. Right. And, and, I, and I do talk a little bit about that. And thank you for mentioning, uh, you know, my top 10. Uh, it's chapter 10 in the book. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and finding your own voice is what I call it. And, mm -hmm. and being comfortable in your own skin. Now, in order for us to do that, we have to be able to uh, work on ourselves. Because, for example, remember I told you when I was a little girl and came to the U.S., mm -hmm. there was this wall that came up mm -hmm. and the wall said you can see me but you can't hurt me right and I remember sitting being the only woman because I'm in a man's world for mm -hmm. the most part mm -hmm. you know the higher you get the more yes. and um, especially in the financial world yes and, and I remember sitting uh, at the board meetings and having uh, people talk in having that wall around me it's almost like you become invisible and invincible mm -hmm. but when that happens the real you your heart can't show so much because you're afraid to be hurt. Right. So you've got to be able to get real with yourself and you've got to do a lot of work on yourself. So I, I always talk to men, women, children mm -hmm. and talk about we all have a story and we all have wounds. Mm -hmm. And it's important that we really get real with ourselves so that we can be real with others. Mm -hmm. And it does, it takes courage, Deb, to be able to have integrity and to be able to Lead with your own core values and take a stand for your own core values. Mm -hmm. You know, I've terminated individuals that I loved and we've both cried and we've hugged and we've stayed friends, but they did something wrong or there was something that, that was not aligned with the core values or the moral values. Mm -hmm. And so something like that, you've got to be able to take a stand. If you say you stand for this, but you're going to be, giving it up or, or selling out on yourself, then back to building trust. Right. Then people are not going to trust you. Mm -hmm. And, and worst is you're not going to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. So you, you see some people that are really solid mm -hmm. and then you watch their actions and you watch what they say and you notice that Time and again, they will always tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. The toughest situation, when, when it's a really tough situation, take a front row seat. Mm -hmm. Because you're, you're going to see the true character of the person when they're going through really tough times. Right. How did I behave when I was going through, say, a divorce? How did mm -hmm. I behave or somebody behave when they were going through a, an argument with someone or a disagreement? Mm -hmm. Were they cordial? Were they kind? Even though they didn't agree, were they still kind? Right. And, and so it, it does, it takes a lot of courage to be able to stand mm -hmm. for what you believe in. And then the other piece that you talked about, Deb, is uh, idealizing people and realizing that, you know, when uh, people are human and we do make the mistakes. And so when we make a mistake or when someone makes a mistake, do we get them completely out of our life? Or do mm -hmm. we take a look at what was their intention right. in doing this? Or what mm -hmm. was their intention in saying this? Mm -hmm. I just came back from a 10-day silent meditation. 
workshop where we were talking, we learned about how do I react to negative and positive stimuli Mm -hmm. and how do I focus more on the intention rather than how I felt because how I felt could have been something to do with my past and my Mm -hmm. story. So very interesting that we do idealize people and then when they let us down, when they're no longer in that pedestal, then all of a sudden they're not as good. But right. really, are they not as good? Mm-hmm. Well, or is and, it because they're 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 maybe they made a mistake? Right, or something? right. You know, and, and and we idealize everybody, whether it's you know people we work with, um, you know our spouse. A lot of times, you know that is is yes. clearly something, or our children, you know, yes. because we want them to be the best. But, or perfect, you know, of course, there's that word there. <laughs> yes. and, and, of course, our interpretation is very different from theirs. And I think that's, you know, especially in business, you know, we expect somebody to, you know, we expect the boss to be perfect. And then when he's not, you mentioned it, you know, there's that trust factor, you know. So then, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, as you were saying that, I was thinking about an example, you know, uh, Oh, 10, 15 years ago or so, I was in corporate America and the company I worked for was doing some downsizing and and all sorts of things. And our CEO was, and I still to this day think he is a very, very reputable, authentic person. I mean, I I thought the world of him then and, and I still do. He was put in a position where sometimes he wasn't given the, the proper information and, you know, and so he would pass things on and then it would turn out to not be true. You know, things like, well, that place isn't going to close. And then, you know, that that site would close or, yeah. you know, and, and all of those things. And, you know, I recognized that it, he wasn't lying. I mean, you know, things were not right, but he was going with the best information he could. And that was so difficult because, you know, it, it, it just really hurt him because he knew that people trusted him. And then the first time something was different from what he said, I mean, it was just a crushing blow to him. And, you know, but when we realized it wasn't him, that, you know, that made a difference. Now, were there employees that, you know, were just, they were never going to give him another chance? Sure. I mean, you know, that was you, it was the, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Yes. And, you know, and, and I think that was it. We were expecting what we thought things should be and and not even really knowing the true situation that happens all the time and um and i'll tell you deb going through i'm, I'm an eternal learner so you're mm-hmm. always going to hear something new that's happening in my life because i'm always learning i'm always making myself better mm-hmm. for two reasons i feel like my employees deserve the best mm-hmm. my children deserve the best of me and my community deserves the best of me mm-hmm. and so i'm always looking for for different ways to better myself and as i was going through this uh this workshop I guess you would call it a workshop. It was 10 days of silence for someone who talks for a living. Imagine oh. that. And I, as I'm going through this, I I decided, oh, my goodness, um, truth, right, integrity. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they said is uh, at the very beginning, they said, you know, you can't lie. You can't kill anything. And really cleansing your body and cleansing mm-hmm. your mind and, and, and being really in integrity with yourself. And um, and then I started thinking as I was meditating and, and really thinking about how how am I leading my life? And, mm-hmm. you know, integrity has been a huge part of my life. 
And and yet when I and this is not something that I'm proud of, but I, but I will share it because I think it'll it'll help people really take a second look at how they look at their life. Rounding errors, right? Mm-hmm. You say, "Well, I've got ten dollars and fifty cents." No, I have. Well, I have eleven dollars, or I right. have, you know, mm-hmm. or uh, we are doing a loan for nine million eight hundred thousand dollars, and instead we say, "Well, ten million dollars." No, it isn't <laughs> ten. It's nine million eight hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so little things that we say. Uh, another ex- example is when somebody invites us to go to their home or to a party or to an event. Mm-hmm. And we know our schedule is busy, but we're so afraid of maybe hurting the person. We say, well, I'll try to make it. Right. And how many times do we say that? Uh, when, uh, when, when we have to say something tough to someone, mm-hmm. And we sugarcoat it because we're afraid because we really want to be liked. It's more important for us to be liked than to be a real friend Mm -hmm. and to tell the person the truth. And they'll understand if you just say, you know what, I'm just overbooked. Check with me next time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's those little things that I think... We all of us, and for me, it was, for me, I was looking at, oh my goodness, how many times um, have I done this? And then how many times have people done this with me? Mm -hmm. Now, however we act and what I, what I have noticed in my life, and people are really astonished at the caliber of people that I surround myself with, whatever, however we act, that's the kind of people we're going to attract, Mm-hmm. Right. And not because we say it because but because we are being it. Mm-hmm. There are two different things. Right. Mm-hmm. Being it is something that I learned in the military when I was doing the research of mm-hmm. the military generals in, in all of the arms of the military mm-hmm. and their core values being the, the core values of the army. Be, do, know. It mm-hmm. begins with be, mm-hmm. being, how are you being mm-hmm. and having that, 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 uh, uh, and I don't know how you call it. It's having that way of being that is strong. That is like, um, a foundation. Mm-hmm. And once you have that, it's like you're, you're solid. You see mm-hmm. those people that are solid. When mm-hmm. you and I started talking this morning before your show began, I knew I'm talking to a person who's solid. You can hear it in somebody's voice. You can, when I researched, when I looked up everything you stand for, you're solid. You stand for what you do and for what you believe in. And those are the kinds of people that I'm sure you are surrounded with because of who you are being People say talk is cheap, and it's kind of a an easy way to say it, but but it's deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Who are you being right, in right. such a way that you're attracting the kind of people that you want to be with? Mm-hmm. Well, and first, thank you for those those kind words. Um, and it's it's interesting because I've had a shift in my life. Um, for people who you know, longtime listeners of the radio program. I've had some health issues, you know, we'll just, it's fairly major, but doing much better now on the upswing. So that's always congratulations. But it did really make me rethink, Um, you know, and and part of it was I needed all the positive energy I could get to heal. And some of that was removing negative people from my life 
or you know at least putting them in the periphery you know they're still there but I don't get sucked in by their gloom and doom and and um you know and, and it's so like I I really don't I mean, you know for good or bad I don't pay a lot of attention to the news because the news in so many ways is very negative you know so I look for positive stories you know, and, and all of those things, but I'm, I can't watch the news and hear about this horrible thing and that horrible thing and these horrible people. And because it, it does, it starts sapping your energy. It and does. So I, yeah. You know, I, I really try and surround myself with that. And then to think those positive thoughts, you know, it's like the, the give somebody the benefit of the doubt, you know, does it mean I'm Pollyanna? Well, maybe, you know, and, and because I'm, I'm going to choose to think good first of someone rather than bad. And, you know, mm-hmm. does that bite me on occasion? Sure. But you know what? You learn from that, um, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and it's made me change some business relationships, all sorts of things. And, you know, but that can happen to anybody at any time. They can just say, you know what? I want to go down this different path. Things aren't, aren't the way I want to be. And whether it's spiritual, religious, you know, just from your heart, all those various things, you know that. I mean, you know, there's something in you going, ee. <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah, you know, the, the, the danger, danger. Yes. Um, you know, and, 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 so it, it, and you know what's mm-hmm. funny, Deb, is and, and, and may, if we can stop here for sure. a moment, because mm-hmm. you're delving into something that uh, we as human beings, we're running so fast. And those of us who are executives in a company or running a big company or very busy, and, and, and women in particular, we're mothers, mm-hmm. we're the glue for the family, we're the glue for the business, we're just mm-hmm. everywhere. And we don't stop or slow down long enough to listen to that little voice. Right. One of the vows that I did for myself this year, and it was really just a vow. I'm, I'm very spiritual, mm-hmm. uh, not religious, but very spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just vowed to God. I said, you know, I'm go- this year, it's, it's a two-part vow. I'm going to slow down and listen to your whisper. Mm-hmm. And fulfill your perfect will in my life. That's mm-hmm. the first part. The second part is I'm going to take tender, loving care of my body, which is mm-hmm. your temple. Mm-hmm. And so for us, and I took a stand and I made it public because when I came back to the office, I told my senior executives and I told my staff, this is my vow and this mm-hmm. is what I'm going to be doing this year. And I hold myself accountable that way. (laughs) Slowing down and listening to that inner voice. When that inner voice says, "Mm, I don't know. Malcolm Gladwell talks about that in one of his books. He says, uh, you will be a subject matter expert after you have done a job for 10,000 hours. That's about Mm -hmm. five years. Mm -hmm. And in his book, Blink, he talks about a blink moment. Mm -hmm. And those of us, for example, we're interviewing someone and there's something perfect about this individual. And I had this situation where I was interviewing someone for a senior level position. Mm -hmm. There was something about this person, but everything was perfect. It was so good. Mm -hmm. I had this person interview with my HR people. I had him interview with my senior managers. I had him interview with different people in the company Mm -hmm. and they were all excited. Come on, let's make an offer. Let's make an offer. And I thought, 
there's something about this person. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I started taking uh, references. In, in luckily, someone applied for a position that had been uh, that had directly reported to this individual, and it was just in the nick of time. Mm-hmm. And I found out that a lot of the information that was given to me by this individual was false. Ah, it was the too good to be true. It was that yes, when mm-hmm. things are too good to be true, be careful. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just want it so bad that we make it up in our minds that it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And so slowing down and listening to that inner voice that you were just talking about and paying attention to it because maybe, just maybe, you know, something's telling you and it's your own Maybe you're a subject matter expert. You've been doing that job for 10,000 hours or more, and you're not paying attention to your inner voice because you're mm-hmm. running so fast. That's why it's so important to slow down. Right. Well, and I think, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, taking care of your body, and, and you know, obviously that's something that, that you know, I'm, I'm really learning. But it is, you know, part of this whole process has been that if I don't take care of myself, then I can't help anybody else. Um, of you know, and, and so if I need to take a nap, I take a nap. Um, you know, if if somebody asks me to help them with something and I'm one of those people that I'm I'm the first person there with my hand up. What can I do to help? You know, all of those things. And, and then you get stretched too thin. Yes. And and so I really stop and process now. Is this, you know, is this really something that I should be doing? And, you know, so the, I've been turning people down, which has been surprising to them and surprising to me. Um, but I also, you know, one of the, if I'm turning somebody down, I like to have an alternative. So if it's, you know, I can't help you here, but I could help you there. Or I can't help you here, but here's someone else who might be able to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm not just turning them down. But it is about really thinking, you know, how can I do this? And and I think especially as women, um, you know, and it's, you know, I, now we don't have children, but, you know, people who have children and, and or taking care of their parents, you know, we're kind of in that sandwich generation, trying yes. to be the best business people we can be, the best at that, the best. And we do get ourselves stretched so thin and then nothing really gets done the, the way we want it to, um, you know, and, and it, it's it's perfectly OK to say no. And that, but that's a very hard thing for so many people to do. Absolutely, and uh, and especially women, because we have. And, and whenever I speak to women's groups, I talk about we have the extra gene that we were born in, mm-hmm. and um, and it's a very special gene, and it's scientifically proven, and it's called the guilt gene. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. So we feel guilty if we're not helping because we're such mothers. We we were we were built to be um, helpful. We were built to say yes. We were built mm-hmm. to take care of and to nurture and all of that. So when we say no, we feel like oh, we feel guilty. Mm-hmm. But when we're saying no, we're saying yes to us so that we can build ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of things that you mentioned um, that I'd like to touch on because I think these are really critical and and I don't want to go by them to go by the wayside first of all um uh the health issues and how those made you rethink Mm -hmm. i often talk about the two by fours in life 
And these are when you, my brother, my brother has a glioblastoma in his brain. He's going mm-hmm. to, uh, the doctors say he will pass away from this. And, yeah. um, and so how he has taken this in, in, uh, you, since you've read the book, you notice that I dedicated, um, the book to many people, including mm-hmm. my brother. He gave mm-hmm. me my first scholarship to go to college and he has that beautiful heart. Mm-hmm. And when he, when he got diagnosed on August 2nd and he had a brain surgery, uh, the tumor was like seven centimeters. Now it's like 16 centimeters. So it's progressed. Mm-hmm. He took a look at his life. And, and for me, being there and witnessing this with him, he moved into my home with his wife for a while while he was going through the chemo and all of that. And so I got to see him every morning. He now has a radio show. Mm-hmm. He is now um, talking about living, which is interesting for someone mm-hmm. who ha- is facing cancer, mm-hmm. and and he's talking about living, and 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 it was the biggest two by four in his life. He mm-hmm. completely changed the way he was living life. Mm-hmm. He's now savoring life. I had him come and talk to my senior managers about living, and he spent an hour with them uh, during a lunchtime at one of our meetings, and they walked away thinking, oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. I am looking at life differently. And he talked about some of the things that you and I are talking about. And so I would say to your audience, why does it have to take us uh, a two-by-four or something like that for us to really get cognizant of what's truly important in our life, right? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be wonderful if if we got up every morning and we said, well, first of all, got up with gratitude because gratitude really is um is a wonderful way of living life mm-hmm. and it gives you it, it, and it gives you uh, a, a feeling of um abundance mm-hmm. when you live in gratitude so when you get up in the morning if we take inventory of oh my goodness i'm so grateful for what i have mm-hmm. and in in taking care of every moment in being present right present mm-hmm. At every moment, not multitasking, not paying attention to other people, not but texting. really not texting, mm-hmm. not looking at emails, mm-hmm. but truly being present with that mm-hmm. moment, with that individual, what quality of life really is. And, 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 and then we, would, we wouldn't be looking for fill in the dots, right? Mm-hmm. Fill right. in the blank. We would be experiencing every moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the other piece that I wanted to touch on, so that's one, one, one point. And then the other mm-hmm. piece is surrounding yourself with people that have similar values than you and how mm-hmm. critical that is. I work for California Bank and Trust and it's mm-hmm. a, and it's a, a division of Zions Bank Corp. Harris Simmons is also highlighted in my book. He's our chairman. And mm-hmm. my CEO, uh, David Blackford, is also highlighted in my book. And when I came and I was looking, I had offers from three different companies and I chose this particular one five years ago. And the reason mm-hmm. I chose this particular company, even though the job was good, it was a big turnaround that I had to do. It's In fact, it's the biggest turnaround I've done uh, and most rewarding, of course, because it was tough. Mm-hmm. But, but I tell you what, the value system of our company 
from the very top from Harris and his father, who was the, the chairman before him and his father, who was the chairman before him for generations. I, I firmly believe in generational transfer. I believe in, in building relationships for generations. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the core values of the company are so embedded in the fiber of the culture. Mm-hmm. People love it. And it's like a family. And you hear, oh, it's like a family. No, it truly is like a family. Mm-hmm. We say mm-hmm. to each other, I love you. I love you mm-hmm. so much. Just last night, I, we were working on something. And I called one guy. You're my Superman. You come over. He said, Betty, anything you need 24-7 as mm-hmm. long as our associates are, are well taken care of. Right. And then the other guy sends me this little thing. Oh, he's my Superman. He's a Superman. And, and we have so much fun. And mm-hmm. we just so enjoy each other. So... Who am I surrounding myself with? And not just Mm -hmm. at work, in my personal life. Who do I choose to spend weekends with? Mm -hmm. Who are my friends? The people that I befriend on Facebook, on LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. are they Mm -hmm. aligned with who I am? Right. Right. And and then the the shows. For example, radio shows. I won't just do anybody because they have to be aligned with my core values. Mm -hmm. And that's why I researched you. That's why I looked you up because I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is someone that I totally align with. I can absolutely endorse you just like you're endorsing me. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And then life becomes so much easier Mm -hmm. when we do that. Right. Well, there is that saying that, you know, we are kind of the, the combination of the five people we spend the most time with. Um, you know, and, and whether it's, you know, Facebook or your family or your friends, your business people, you know, who are those five people that you're interacting with the most? Um, and I think that's something that, that a lot of people really need to rethink, um, you know, and, 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 and if they are negative or don't have the same values or, you know, all of those things, as difficult as it might be, you know, and, and I want to go back to the very start of, you know, saying, you know, it had to be incredibly difficult for your mother to say, we are leaving. And not only are we leaving your father, we're leaving the country. I mean, you know, to, to take those steps and, and think it's going to be difficult. It's going to be next to impossible, but we have to do it. Um, you know, and, and I think that's that is uh, the hard thing for so many people to do, and especially women, because, you know, it's... It, it really, it's, it's scary, you know, and, and maybe it is, you know, that you're changing jobs. You know, how many times have we heard people who have said, you know, this company does things I don't like, or, you know, they treat people badly or all of those things. The second you're thinking that now, you know, obviously sometimes there are, you know, singular instances of things like that, but if it's a, a, a culture of that business, then as hard as it is, get out. You know, you, you, because you'll become that culture too if yes. you don't escape it. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting when you, the moment you said we're the combination, this is what you said because I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. We are the combination of the five people we spend the most time with. Um, you know, birds of a feather fly together. Mm-hmm. And my mother right. used to say, my mother was a very wise woman. She was very well read. And she used to say, you have to act the part before you get it. Mm-hmm. And surround yourself with the people that are where you really want to be. Mm-hmm. And then you will get there very, very easily. Why does that happen? Because in your mind, you have to create that paradigm shift in your mind. Some people get promoted too quickly. And mm-hmm. what happens is their mind can't catch up with their position 
And so they get themselves in a diffy, right? They get themselves Mm -hmm. in trouble. I I recently was, and I'm very honored and very humbled by Fortune magazine. Um, They selected me to be one of the top 50 most powerful Latinas. Wow. And um, and this just came out. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. But but I want to share something with you. When I looked at the list of the top 50 women, Mm -hmm. I realized many of them are my friends. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my goodness! And in the people in California, the women that are in California, that are part um, uh, of of the group, is uh, I, immediately the first thing I thought about was I want to connect with them. And so mm-hmm. I, I went to the person that uh, did the selection process uh, through Fortune, and I mm-hmm. said, would you mind connecting me and making mm-hmm. an introduction to the women in California? Mm-hmm. And we now are scheduled, and this just happened two weeks ago, a week and mm-hmm. a half ago that just, this came out, and we're scheduled to have lunch together and to oh, break bread I love together. It. Mm-hmm. And, and so now what are we going to do if we are, quote, individually the most powerful women or whatever that means? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we get together, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, can you imagine all of us getting together, the ones wow. in California, in for a good cause, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have some friends that are from New York and some others in, in Dallas that I'm mm-hmm. also going to be joining. But, but isn't it wonderful, and this is something that we don't do enough, is share the wealth. Mm-hmm. Let's get right. together. Let's collaborate. Let's figure what we're going to do with this. President Mm -hmm. Bush um, Sr., many, many years ago, I was very, very young when I dined with him, and and one of the things he said back then, and it could have been any administration, I'm not not proposing any administration Mm -hmm, whatsoever, but just the fact he said, and he was talking about our country, he said, it's not what we have, but what we do with what we have that Mm -hmm. makes the difference. And so we can't believe the lie. And what I mean by that is the titles, the most powerful or the most influential or the most anything. What we really, I feel like those opportunities are opportunities to make a difference. How can I utilize this to really make an impact in somebody else's Mm -hmm. life? And I think those things don't happen unfortunately, until we have a two by four in our lives mm-hmm. where we have to slow down and we have to take a hard look at our lives and say, what am I going to do with what I have? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, it, it, this is just absolutely fascinating. And I looked down at my clock and I realized, oh my gosh, we only have 10 minutes left. And we didn't even talk about your book. So I'm going to make a commitment. We're going to have you back on so we can talk about your book because I want to continue this. And, and the book does tie in, obviously, with this. But um, so we'll just we'll have you on again and we'll really talk about your book, Hashtag Values. Um, but as you were talking, you know, and again, this is one of your top tens. And I really want to talk about this. And, you know, I, and as I said, we've got about 10 minutes left. One of the most important things to you is to leave a legacy. Yes. And, you know, you, you mentioned at the start of the program, the scholarship programs and, and, you know, and now getting this group of, of powerful women together and, you know, leaving some type of legacy there. Let's talk more about that. Why is that so important? And, and you know, whether it's something big or something small, why is it so important that people leave a legacy? For me, when my mother and my father passed away, uh, legacy became 
forever important. And knowing that my children, it's up to me now, right? Mm -hmm. Because they don't have grandparents from my side of the family. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I was thinking about uh, when my dad passed away, what I learned from him, having been Mm -hmm. the oldest and and having taken care of his kids, and what I learned from my mother, the spirituality and the the effervescence that she showed. Mm -hmm. And, And so I started thinking, what has been what has made the biggest impact in my life and has created the opportunity for me to really reach out and make a difference. And education has been it for me. When you have an education, the moment I became a doctoral student and then a doctor, Dr. Betty Uribe, Mm -hmm. the doors, it was like I had this golden key and I talk about the golden key doors opened up. So the legacy is a way for us to become, uh, to, to, to be, here on earth longer than our physical body is Mm -hmm. and to make it worthwhile that we lived my epitaph Mm -hmm. will say she made a difference i've already written my 80th birthday toast i've already Mm -hmm. talked to my children in the island in Colombia where we're going to toast to Mm -hmm. making an impact for people's lives And, and, and and it's important for us you know the kids that are receiving these scholarships they've signed a contract that they will pay it forward. So it's a legacy in perpetuity. And how wonderful to make it so that it was worthwhile that we lived. Mm-hmm. Imagine right. knowing that you're leaving a legacy behind for generations to come and that it was worth it that you were here, that mm-hmm. it's it, it wasn't just one pass and then you're gone and then you're mm-hmm. forgotten. You make it worthwhile that you were here. Mm-hmm. It, 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 for me, that's that's humongous. Right. And, you know, again, it, it can be something fairly simple. You oh, know, absolutely. And, and, um, and, and, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I had a friend that passed away very suddenly you know, from my hometown. You know, several years ago he passed away. And his parents have uh, created a scholarship fund up there for uh, high school students. And it's, you know, it's, it's exactly what your brother did uh, initially for you. It's $500. You know, for many people, especially if they're looking at lots of education, you know, and many years of of school, that's not a lot, but that's several books. That's, you know, that gets them going. And and maybe that is it gets them started. Yeah, it's one thing. If 100% of the people did one thing, imagine Mm -hmm. the trillions of little things that people would would have as legacies. And it doesn't have to be big things. Mm -hmm. It can be just... A random act of kindness. We hear about mm-hmm. that all the time. Mm-hmm. One thing that we can do, and if all of us did that, imagine what this world would be like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it is something as simple as smiling. I mean, yes. you know, and, and saying thank you and all of those things, you know, and, and it's something that I really focus more and more on. And, um, you know, and, and just saying, you know, especially to people who, don't often hear that. You know, my, my big thing is you know, like the, the drive through for fast food. Now, you know, I, I can't do as much fast food as I used to. <laughs> um, but but when I go through, you know, it's like, thank you. You know, I hope you have a great day. And they in some cases they stop. I mean, you know, they and they look at me because they haven't had that. You know, and, and just think, you know, if you're the first and sometimes maybe the only person who smiles at them that day. Who knows what a difference it could make, um, you know, and, and, and it cost you absolutely nothing except five seconds. 
I, I agree. Um, one other thing that I would encourage your listeners to do is put together a vision for your life. Mm-hmm. Mine and uh, and my companies and I we we came up with this, but I've been doing this forever. It's in my business card and my email address and everything. Building trust and value in relationships for generations. Mm. I make all my decisions under that. All mm-hmm. my decisions personal and business mm-hmm. at the bank we do this are we really building trust are we really giving mm-hmm. value and it's a generational meaning that there's a paradigm shift so create a vision for what you do and then measure everything you do around that vision mm-hmm. and, right. and it just totally focuses you mm-hmm. and then it creates something that is bigger than you and then you're able to articulate it a lot better you get really honed in and then your life you can align your life around it mm-hmm Well, and for some people, that may very well be to raise the best children that they can. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. You know, and and it's funny when, you know, many, many years ago when we (laughs) had our 10-year high school reunion, the, you know, I, of course, they put up my hand and said, do you all help organize it? Um, But one of the the people said that because you always do awards, right, when you get together for these reunions. And she wanted to to do or or to, you know, do the um, most successful And I looked at her and I said, how on earth would we determine that? Well, of course, to her, it was who was making the most money and lived in the biggest house. And and I said, no. You know, I said they might be the most unhappiest, you know, and and I said that the people who might be the most successful is, you know, the, the mom or the dad who has great children or has become a minister or, you know, volunteers every week. I said, there is absolutely no way that we as an outside entity could say what the most successful is. Yes, I I completely agree. It's up to us and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be huge. It can be really small. But you know what? What's really funny is sometimes the smallest things can be the biggest things, right? Mm-hmm. the ones that create the wave, the ones that create that ripple effect, that create something bigger than life. So Mm -hmm. never underestimate anything that you do as long as you're doing it with the right purpose and with the right value Mm -hmm. system. Right. Yeah. And and it's, you're right. It is not what you can get out of it. You know, it's not the, well, I'm going to be really nice to this person because they might give me something extra. Sure. It's nice if you get that, but that should never ever be you know, your, your inspiration or your reason for doing it. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't well, agree Dr. more. Well, Dr. Petty, we <laughs> just have two minutes left. Can you believe this? And like I said, we didn't even talk about your book, so we'll just have you back on again. Um, but it does. It really does tie together. And so quickly, I want to tell folks, it's called Hashtag Values, The Secret to Top-Level Performance in Business and Life. And so in this last you know minute or two, let's you know leave people with you know some things that they really need to be thinking about for maybe the week ahead. I would like you to think about your life, everything in your life, and are you really leading with values? What are your core values? What are your moral values that you were raised with that you always talk about? Are your actions congruent with them? Are you making your decisions based on those values or are you making decisions based on, I want it now or I just want to get this? Uh, And so leading with values, making decisions based on those values, focusing on the good of the whole, not just you, but 
what is it that you are doing to really create and is there a ripple effect on someone else? So when you act, are you leading by example? What kind of an example are, are you giving to others? So focusing on the good of the whole and making a difference in other people. Those four things are the core of hashtag values. Mm -hmm. Those leaders that are leading with values, making decisions based on their values, focusing on the good of the whole, and making a difference in someone else. Those are the individuals that I found to be values-based leaders that lead a wonderful life and that have a, a, a really seamless, easy Life. Why? Because mm -hmm. they're congruent. They don't have to right. worry about being aside. So if mm -hmm. I could leave them with that, and if they need to get a hold of me or anything, my my uh, my hashtag is always Dr. Betty Uribe on LinkedIn, Facebook, mm -hmm. Instagram, and LinkedIn, um, and uh, in Twitter. Sorry, and mm -hmm. my. Webpage is www.drbettyuribe.com. If somebody wants to donate to the scholarship funds, there are two organizations there the Unstoppable Foundation, where we're giving scholarships to kids in Kenya, and the, the Give Back Foundation, where we're giving scholarships to kids here in the United States. I love it. And your, your last name is spelled U R I B E, so it's drbettyuribe.com. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Deb, thank you so much for having me. It has been a true pleasure. I can't wait to talk again, and we are really going to have so much fun doing that. Absolutely. Great. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a terrific time talking with Dr. Betty Uribe. And until next time, everyone have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.